I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Welcome to Big Station Jacks. I'm Tom Andrew on the board on this very rainy day here in Chicago. Although it, it let up a little bit for us to walk from the truck. I uh, thank the big guy upstairs about that. But do we have we have the MSP futures are up? Uh, we're up as much as we were down yesterday. We're up uh, 31. As that futures are 144. Disney came out with uh, earnings and a line a, a line. I won't say a line of whatever, but a line. Laying off a bunch of people, and that is magic, Lou. It is magic. You lay off people, you restructure, you don't do anything about anything else, but you're up 7% and a load of BS. Just saying. Well, I actually, had Disney, actually, Disney is one of my topics to uh, talk about this morning. Um, you know, the, the most interesting thing about the restructure, and of course, you and I have had the conversation. I, I, I was an employment lawyer, I'm an employment lawyer. The fastest, easiest way for companies to save money is to cut labor costs. Oh yeah, and and so that from the restructure, it's much easier than restructuring. So they laid off a bunch of people, and you know, short answer. But but for me, the most interesting thing about Disney is the fact that the threat from you know the Florida state government to uh, to restructure their. Uh, governmental arrangement that Disney had with their own little little Disney world down there um, is undergoing a significant change. And I, I, I thought this was actually pretty smart of uh, DeSantis or his people or whoever thought about this in terms of, of getting the influence that they want rather than dumping or taking the, the administrative burden of the Reedy Creek District and dumping that onto, you know, Orlando County or whatever it is that that's down there um, and, and pushing that all in the county government which would have been a substantial administrative burden uh, DeSantis and his people just said okay we're, rather than restructure that we're simply going to restructure the way that that Reedy Creek District is administered and we're going to put our people in on top of it which is a very just as effective a way of, of punishing Disney which is what he wanted to do Punishing Disney as as taking the administration of the district away from them, it, it's basically taking control of it away from them. So I thought that was pretty interesting, and I, I don't know if that's going to have any any impact on the on the share price. I I think Disney took a huge hit with the publication of this anti-white, and that's the only way I can characterize it. Um, family show that they that they put out, and a clip from that show has gone viral. And and it, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Um, it's it's pretty much um, sixteen nineteen project uh, stuff just shoehorned into a family cartoon. But that's gone viral, and I can't help but think that's going to start damaging Disney's Disney's product. Can we put can we put all in the family? On, can we put all in the family on TV anymore? I'm sorry. Can we can we run all all in the family on TV anymore? Well, you know that's a good question. 
I always thought that the genius of Norman Lear was, I mean, he had a, a, a one-way political bent, but the genius of Norman Lear was putting that kind of stuff in a package that made it funny and made you laugh at the people involved. It was very much like what Mel Brooks did with Blazing Saddles. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, just, just, and the genius of it was, you know, the, the, the racism was just up front. It was so upfront that it was comedic. Well, and but it also was it also was very accurate for the for the time. Oh no, I yeah. it, it, it was, and I think I think that was, I think that was you know one of the secrets of of, of all in the family. Could you put that show on now? I I don't think so because if there's one thing that certain elements of the progressive movement have demonstrated over and over again, they have no sense of humor. No, I mean this no, is no, one no. why Seinfeld no, no and a number of the other mainline comedians are, are no longer playing college campuses because they can't they can't um, you know, run their they can't do the kinds of lines of humor making fun of the ridiculousness of this stuff without without having a riot and and well people all think that they get to run every, every person now thinks that they get to control the world because they have their Twitter thing but I. I well, it, I want to ask did you, you, did you watch this? Did you watch this? Any of the, the Twitter hearing stuff yesterday? Did you see any of that? No, I was. Uh, th- hey, I, I want to ask you though regarding the Disney earnings, and I'm not. I, I happen to be a fan of Iger. I think he'll probably do a better job than the other guy was. But, uh, but the, how, how many headlines like this can we can we have over a period of several years? PepsiCo earnings beat expectation as price hikes boost snack and beverage sales. How can you? Cheer your companies to raise prices on people because they're all cartels or oligopolies, we're going to call them. Uh, at the same time, be worried about inflation on regular people. How can you do both? Is, is this the most hypocritical time you've ever you've ever seen in your in your, in your life? I mean, I, I mean, we've been around a while. Um, it's probably it's probably as blatantly hypocritical, or as um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uninterspective hypocritical uh, a time as I've, as I've ever seen. And by that I mean people are just being hypocritical without any thought process to it, without examining their own, you know, their own positions or the impact of their own statements. They just say whatever comes into their head and what's convenient. Well, I was, and, I yeah. was happened to be bumping along yesterday because uh, I was out, out and about driving for a little bit and if, some report came on that uh, I, I did not realize. But you know, I did surely don't know everything. Uh, more, you, more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Is that is that how that works? Oh, uh, it, with all this stuff with the yeah, I mean that's that's uh, Donald Rumsfeld's great line. Well, the uh, is we have every every right winger on earth except the smart ones like you and uh, Kevin wanting Kamala Harris and Biden to to resign over this. This balloon incident, and why we didn't fire it down here and there, and the other thing, and yet no, nobody, no, but no, the, uh, only the only the nutcases, the Marjorie Taylor Green people. Want but they get, that. but they get amazing voice. It's scary. They're in, they're in every other. Oh, well, that, chief, that's so does AOC. Yeah, oh yeah. I've you know, not you seen know, her. I mean, I've not seen her in a while, and I don't, I don't mind actually looking at her picture wise. But uh, yeah, she's not, she's not. I mean, she's more pleasant to look at than, than Green. Now, so does so does AOC. So, I mean, that that was the whole point of the uh, what is it, the tribe or the club or whatever the idiots group, the Talib and oh, um, Omar and AOC. I mean, that was their thing, and the press loved them. 
they don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene and I like the, a couple of other. I like the part where she had the uh, the shot from the back in the in the real tight formal dress, and uh, she had something on there about raised taxes. And there wasn't one male that I know that looked at the thing and, and saw the raised taxes. But but that was the that's the that's the whole point. I mean I mean you you she knows she's cute and she wants to play off at that. Well, but, well, well, I'm, I'm way off, off topic here because what I want to get to. But I want to go. Let, right, give me, let's, one, let's, give me one second. Give me one second with with the Chinese thing. I had not realized that there was permanently banned from TV a Simpsons episode that referred to Tiananmen Square. And evidently, yesterday, yes, whoever did this, whoever does the Simpsons, took some other episode off because it referred to something else in China. It referred to uh, labor. slave labor. Why, why the hell are we taking that off the air here? Because it's the truth, and they don't like it. Screw them. Chief, were you you? We talked about this. I know. The NBA guy. I know, but it refreshed my memory. With the Houston Rockets said said something about China being a, a problem place because when Hong Kong was going on, and he stood for the people of Hong Kong, and the NBA censured him. They fired here. him. They fired him. Yeah. And so and so, you know. Yeah, we're we've got this is the this is the stupidity of the global elites. When you come in and say, remember we talked that I talked about this. Yeah, these are people who have no they have no allegiance to the United States, even though they carry an American passport. They have no allegiance to the United States, but they'll carry those American passports because that's their meal ticket, and and that's that's where they can run when when things go south. But but no, they have no allegiance to the U.S. and they. They follow. They follow capital, and and that's one of the reasons why the Chinese believe that you know, that ultimately they're going to prevail. Why? Why do uh, they have a national? And the Russians feel the same way too. By the way, they have a national spirit, national culture. We are in the process of destroying ours. What? What? What is the? I'm not going to talk about well, we, antitrust laws. I mean, there's all kinds of things we we have at our disposal. How exactly in the political environment here? Is is somebody going to get elected? You know, Trump, Biden, whoever it is, Obama, who just didn't—he maybe had the—he could have had the the ability to do it, but he sure as hell didn't. How does anybody combat this? How does any individual that they have the they have the ability to like totally destroy you during a campaign with something maybe you didn't even do? How does any person get enough power to destroy this? Do we need do we need like a monarchy to actually be up be up against these people that are that are as is anybody as powerful as these people? Well, so the, the short answer is you you acknowledge the issue, what you're doing, and then you start you start working it from, uh, I think this is where federalism is going gonna, is gonna to ultimately save us. You are seeing this happen in places like Texas and Florida and some other places where you've got strong governors who acknowledge the problem, and are going at the source of the problem from a variety of angles. And because of their local power and local control, they are not held sway or not held captive by, you know, a, a, a sort of national global elite that can direct, you know, money to them or shut them down. Uh, by the way, Lou, that is... Ron DeSantis does not care, and Jim Abbott do, uh, do not care about what people in New York and the New York press and the, or the West Coast press say about them. He may not he may not he may not care. But I uh I don't know, I thought I sent you this a while but of course we sent so much back and forth it's hard to remember it all. 
I sent you something a while back regarding this is my my not my bitch, but my my. Let me let me stop it. Stop for a sec. Okay. The what is what anyway? The article had to do with this is my big issue with uh, term limits. Not that I don't not that I don't like them. Not that I, but just my my side of the argument is the amount of uh, this had to do with uh, uh, big big pharma. The amount of money that they are now that always used to be on the federal level. This this article traced how many people in Illinois at, on the Senate, state Senate, and state Republican le- uh, representative level were now receiving money from big pharma. How it just it's dropping down the chain because states like you say, people like Abbott and like the Sanders, and maybe in their own way, you know, Pritzker, Matt, whatever. I mean, their own people are the lady in Michigan, or uh, uh, there, there's people that are that are trying to make a statement like you're saying at the local level. But I'm saying they're being undermined right now by the amount of money going to Representatives, they're just going to drop it down the chain. You're going to end up that, that may be that may be the case, but again, the, the local representatives, the representative from Carroll Springs, is not a statewide uh, entity, and whatever money gets dumped on her is not going to Im- impact the popularity of a statewide office holder. But, okay, but that's like saying. Uh, if, if all the representatives and senators are bought off in Washington, it's not going to affect the president. It sure as hell does. You can't get anything through. It it can, but they're not doing that. They're not buying off. Oh, I don't know. Maybe in Illinois they can buy off every single one. But but generally that money tends to be targeted. All, all it takes I, again, a few. If the, but if you're the governor, if you're the governor, you sit back and you're aware of this money coming in, and you say, okay, we shut that guy down. I didn't. Uh, we were. I got to tell you. Did I tell you a story about Paul Vallis? No, and, uh, well, you know, you are you and, and I won't say your kind, but I just it, are always com- complaining that Chicago is democratically run, and I keep saying no, it's not. It's 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 imp- it's a uh, it's uh, emperor emperor run. Well, well, Vallis was running for this. There's nine people running for. I think nine for mayor, right? And he's yeah, isn't, you know, he, isn't he like number one in, uh, well, okay, in, that, in terms that, of total votes? That's my story. Our, our friend, our mutual friend, that introduced me to you. Was going to have a a, a a little party for him with like twenty people, and he says, "You want to show up? It's like one hundred and fifty bucks. You know, let's have a cocktail party in my apartment. He's got a nice place." And uh, I said, "Sure, you know, I'll go. I will, I'd love to meet the guy. Who knows? Maybe let me come on the show." And uh, so, of course, then now that he's picking up some steam, uh, he all of a sudden doesn't have time, even though he said he would, right? Or somebody said he would. So now all of a sudden, there's going to be a thing at a restaurant. And it's like two fifty for the people who already committed to the other thing, but five hundred if you didn't. I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll pony up to two fifty. Well, now that's been canceled, and now something's for twenty five hundred. <laughs> so as he's as he's walked up the chain, the price of the price of poker is going up. People pony up twenty five hundred bucks. They don't. It's not whether you like the guy or don't. It's all about access and power and pant. And it, and and that's unfortunately that's the system we have, and we we keep railing at it, but we don't change it. I don't know. I don't know how you change it, but clearly the people that are that you, the people that pony up ten grand or bring five people to sing, it's twelve grand when the guy needs it. I, you know, he, he he may go against you if it's a if it's a huge policy, and if it's something like a, abortion where he actually is on one side or the other. But he's not going to go if all of a sudden you're gonna, you want the guy you want a zoning variance for a four story place when it should be three. Guess what? It's yours. I mean, that's we're, we're not seeing twenty five hundred bucks. No, but. Well, then you're going to hire some of the the right legal firm, the right alderman, the right committeeman. It's a process, Lou, and it, it, it just it just sucks. Well, it does, but that's but that's Chicago. No, it's and, everywhere. And I mean, 
It's everywhere. Uh, I'm not gonna say, no, it's not. Look, Trust me. The same, the same guy, you, that, that, that rails about the, 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 the last bill that was passed, whatever the hell this thing was, was how many thousand pages long. I guarantee you, every Republican representative, every Republican senator had a piece in that bill. I mean, it's, it's just everybody's got their little piece in there, unless you raise so much, so many hackles that you don't. And uh, oh, by the way, my, my, my point my point is that not every place runs with the kind of effortless corruption that Chicago does. Uh, federal Denver, government does. Denver, does. Denver does not work that way. The federal government does. The federal government around Chicago does. No, the federal government here in Colorado tends not to. Okay, I'm not. I'm talking about what is in these bills. What are these little pieces? What's the money? What's what's for all these people? It's incredible. Uh, uh, this, is, this goes back. This goes back to a fundamental discussion you and I have had for over a decade now. Jesus, that, that's how long I've been yeah. on the show. Over a decade now. But I'm still trying uh, to stump that, the loo. <laughs> no, and I have trouble doing that. And that is that as the federal government gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and the regulatory reach gets gets broader and broader, the, you become subject to the whims of federal regulators, federal district or federal uh, U.S. attorneys, and, and other people, and that's where you have to go to get problem solved. And if that's where you got to go to get problem solved, then, then that's why you, you, you see uh, this kind of, Specific, almost individual legislation being inserted into these bills, because in addition to voting for now national policy, these representatives and these senators have obligations to the people that, that elected them, and one of those obligations is to try to leverage whatever aspect of government they can for the benefit of their constituents. Well, even the this reach is so broad that that, that covers everything. If even even the bombastic, I'll say Donald Trump. When he went with the tariff situation, I actually did something really foolish, Lou. And I, actually, one of the listeners, I was talking about it one year, and one of the listeners, I guess, wanted to screw me somehow, sends me the, the, the place where you go to look at all the tariffs. And, of course, it's, it's a gazillion pages long. So mm-hmm. I opened open one of the pages, and it's like cottage cheese, less than 1% milk fat, like no tariff. Yep. You know, over one percent. And I, I'm look, looking at. There's got to be a thousand, ten thousand lines of stuff in there, Lou. There had to be a of lobbyist course. behind every single line. What are these? How, do, how does that even? I can't even imagine how that even works. That these? How well, these? Uh, I, I can. I can tell you. Let me. Let me divert us off. Please do. Just a little bit from from the, the Disney discussion, although it may it may relate to Disney ultimately. So. You have talked about the variety of people that you have as guests on the show or as, as, that come in and talk on a regular basis and the breadth of experience. I'll bet you did not think you had a guest who had a connection to what, what this, Nord Stream, uh, this Nord Stream story. Nord Stream. The Nord Stream pipeline. Oh, yeah. That got blown up. Yep, and we still well, allegedly don't know who blew it up. Oh, but we do now. Was it did us? You, did you not read the article from from uh, that was uh, put out on C- by Seymour Hirsch yesterday? I did not. Ah, so did you send it to me? Was, uh, I can send it to you, but but you you, you can't miss it. It was all over. All it was right. all over the Washington Press and New York, except there. Except I think they're trying to push it push the story down a little bit now. Seymour Hirsch, who is a fa- well known journalist, broke the Me Life story. Broke uh, broke a couple of other. Big big scandals, but his his big 
Zai's big claim to fame is is, is Mi Lai. Um, it wrote that the Nord Stream operation was a CIA Navy joint venture where we planted remote explosives on the pipeline during a NATO exercise and then detonated them three months later to blow the pipeline. Consistent with our incredibly stupid presidents making a statement that Nord Stream would we, would not exist uh, if if you know the Germans didn't turn the gas off and Russia invaded Ukraine. So this this story and he sources he he's you know he's working off anonymous sources etc etc etc. But but that I mean that's a big deal. It's a huge deal in Europe. And uh, but it's not getting it's not getting very much press. Um, here, I mean, it's been it's been published, but not not a lot. And I think part of the reason part of the reason is that it's not. I don't think it's. Is this uh, is this very early in the Biden administration? Or was the planning stage when Trump was in office? No, no. This was this was done during the Biden administration. This was done in this was done in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So we're talking nine months ago. This thing, but uh, I thought it was longer than that. Ago. I thought it was longer than that. It blew up. Oh no! It blew up once. It blew up. I thought it blew up like last fall. Okay. Three months after the NATO exercise, the right. NATO exercise that he references, I think, was in June of twenty. Is the thing? Well, first of all, is the thing repairable? In August or September. Is it repairable? Well, uh, I mean, they've sealed it, but no, it hasn't been repaired. It is repairable at a huge cost. But but, so, go back to my my earlier point. I'll bet you didn't know you had a connection within your body of people to that story. John Flanagan blew it up? No, John Flanagan didn't blow it up. Oh. I don't even know if John Scuba certified. Uh, sure that you blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually worked with Seymour Hirsch on really? one of his books back in the nineteen eighties, forty years ago. Wow. I was uh, I was uh, I, I gave him some some um just some background information, nothing classified. But he he wrote he wrote a story about the shoot down of Korean Flight Zero Zero One. I think it was. You remember that shoot down? Yeah, yeah. The, the Russia shot the seven forty seven down that had, that had flown over uh, the Kamchatka Peninsula. Yep. So so anyway, he just he was just asking me sort of basic stuff about about you know as I said unclassified stuff about flying out of Alaska and you know what the weather was like and things like that. Um, what I, I found to be really interesting, though, was that he has a very, sort of like you, he has a very specific kind of worldview that drives a lot of his reporting, probably generated out of what happened when he surfaced the Me Lai story and how he had to confront cover-up after cover-up after diversion. But I remember talking to him, and he was asking me what I thought the Soviet motives were. And I said, you know, I don't have any questions. There's no doubt in my mind that the Soviets knew what they were doing, and they knew they were shooting an airliner down. And and this was just a this was just a, a demonstration. Well, I don't think he liked that version of it because his story was that the U.S. government was somehow responsible for the shoot down, and that and that we had. Had some airplanes operating in the area, et cetera, et cetera. I, I didn't, I didn't get into that with him, but, but that's how the story ultimately came out. Notwithstanding the, the, you know, I, I think the overwhelming evidence at the time, 
But my point is, he comes at these stories with a with a very specific bent, and notwithstanding the fantastic reporting he did on Neilai and the, I thought for the most part accurate reporting he did on on the shootdown of flight double one, I could. He's he's not the guy who just blew blew the story up about Putin giving the racket for the plane that got shot down over Ukraine last week, is he? No, no, that was a separate that was a separate investigative report. But this is this is huge. I mean, I mean, this story that he's running. My point is, he has. I think as he's gotten older and, and worked on some of this stuff, his credibility has gotten a, a little pushed down because he's very conspiracy minded and and very. Um, as I said, uh, you know, he, he he looks at, you know, the U.S. government as the bad guy in, in many of these cases. And so he's sort, of a, he's sort of a three days of the condor kind of... Well, you know what, Lou, I mean, my, my view of that is whether you're actively involved in the conspiracy or not, we're paying these people to be the solution and not be part of the problem. Looking the other way well, is so, part of the... So, uh, when the pipeline blew up... You and I had this discussion because we talked about it and said, "Who has the yeah? Who has the, the motive? Who, who has the motive to blow this thing?" Hey, we got to go to break. Who we can pick this up after the break. Plus, I want to talk to you about All some right. of this police stuff, which because uh, you're our attorney, you're going to have to answer these questions. SPF is up thirty-one. NASDAQ is up one forty-three. Disney is uh, up six ninety-seven. That's one of the reasons. Everything, everything else in the Dow is up. Microsoft's up four eighty. They're buying another company. What could be better? We'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Stocks stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right there, right now. Welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. I'm And we're on the board. SP Futures up 29.75. Nasdaq Futures up 135. Every every stock in the Dow is up. Every every single earnings thing this morning. Uh, Duke Energy had just had a uh, earnings beat. We've everybody's got an earnings beat, and not one person. <laughs> Even though people complain about it, not one person in this country, if if natural gas prices were at twenty bucks when they were ten a year ago, every one of these guys would be whining to the legislature about how they needed to quickly raise their prices because they're getting murdered. Well, now natural gas prices will go over in a minute. It's like under three bucks, or it's like three bucks. Not one person has the stones to say these guys should lower these these rates because look what they're paying instead of what they told us they were going to have to pay. I'm just just me. You know, my my view of the world is. Uh, I don't know, we'll, maybe we'll discuss that after the break. But over in Europe, we've got DAX up 209, 1.4%. FTSE up 57.7%. CAC around up 92, 1.3%. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei actually down 22, call it flat. Hang Seng up 340. They bounced back the whole 1% down two days ahead this week. They've made almost all that back today. Up 340, up 1.6%. Shanghai up 38, 1.2%. Uh, yesterday is a way of review. Guess what? S&P was down 46, so a little more than we're up today, at least so far. Dow was down 207, NASDAQ down 203. So we gave back we made the day before, which has been up, down, up, down this week. Uh, bonds, down 4 basis points, 3.6. Uh, the bond down, wow, 9 basis points, 2.28. Uh, Japan unchanged, but 4.496 right at the upper edge of where the government says they'll let it float. So I'll have to ask uh, maybe Dan when he comes on today if he thinks they're going to let it float more. Oil down 13 cents, 78.34. Brent down 9 cents, 85 bucks. Natural gas, 239. And I guarantee you that your natural nat- your your gas bill has has gas priced at about nine bucks, not at 239. And nobody's bitching about it. Our Bob down one cent, 245. We've got gold up 470, 18.95 again, threatening to break through 1900. Silver up nine cents, 22.51. Copper up five cents, 408. We've got Bitcoin. Down 24,320, but still 22,620. Not any kind of real danger there. Uh, we have the U.S. dollar is uh, actually down today. We've got the uh, euro is a 1.07, and we have the pound up almost a 0.7 percent to 1.22. And we got for us traveling weather sports. It's raining outside. Yes, it is. <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, for starting off with sports, it's a pretty simple day today. Uh, just looking forward to tomorrow. 
Uh, the Bulls are going to be playing the Nets, and the Suns are going to be playing the Hawks, both at 6.30 p.m. Chicago time. And uh, yeah, for Chicago weather, it is 38 degrees, rainy, and it's probably going to be that way for a while. Uh, going to have a high of 43 to, uh, today. And over in Phoenix, they're at 41 degrees. They're going to have clear skies, and it's going to go up to 69 out there. Uh, and finally, for Chicago traffic, traffic is building on the major expressways, and nearly all of them are getting a little bit in the red. Uh, only one accident to look out for, which is on the inbound Kennedy, uh, near uh, just past Kimball Avenue. Uh, an accident is blocking the left center lane, so delays are a bit heavier around there. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Um, Lou, I'm going to change... Uh just a little okay, bit. Let me, let me finish. Yeah, let, finish let me your finish stuff. Finish yep. The thought we had on Nord Stream. Yep. We we kicked around. Who had the the uh, incentive to do that? And and you and I both agreed that the, the a place that had a very clear incentive to do it was the United States, because we wanted the Germans off Russian gas. And and, and we want to sell our gas. If they were dependent, if they were dependent on Russian gas, it would give Russia lots of leverage when we would go to Germany and say, hey, we need a bunch of leopard tanks for Ukraine. And so they're not dependent on Russian gas anymore, and that gives them more autonomy. So we had a, we had a clear incentive to blow the thing. I just, I, I, for, for the, the listeners who are aware of that story, um, and I'm, I'm surprised that it hasn't hit your, your uh windscreen chief because of the uh, well the reason why is I was uh, spent most of the day yesterday talking to clients so I was kind of off okay, the well in, in any event the the my, my point is it, it, two points number one number one it is the, the breadth of reach that your your some of your, your the guests on the show have and I mean it's just hilarious that I happen to I happen to do an interview or several interviews with with Seymour Hirsch 40 years ago when he was working on another book but you know be, be cognizant of his position on this number one number two it it's quite possible we did do this but but the main you know the corporate media is staying away from it because it's a biden thing well it's also so, yeah but also we we are now selling all the gas we possibly can to people in europe so oh, i know yeah I mean, no, 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 no. it makes like i said this this would make perfect sense which is why we wouldn't do it and which is why the russians would try to make people think we did so I mean, we had a we had, factor all that in, but I just, I just, you know, be aware of Mr. Hershey's. Well, remember the story about a month ago of the natural gas, the liquefied natural gas ships that were sailing around offshore in Europe, waiting for the price because they thought that you know if they had a cold winter, this, this gas price was going to go to God knows what, twenty bucks. What are these guys doing now when it's under three? Oh, they're, they're getting it shoved right where the sun don't shine. I mean the. the I, I, I love they gotta, it, Lou. <laughs> they, ought come, they ought to come back here. Well, what? Well, I mean, so why we got nothing but gas here? We, we we could use it here in Colorado. What natural gas? It's two. It's two forty-five. We can't. We're, we're not. We're not refining it here. And our my gas, my propane, and, and natural gas prices have gone through the roof here in, what, in Colorado. What, did you listen to my report? What did I just say? All these. All, I heard. Yeah, but these guys are. I'll bet you your gas bill is 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 predicated on ten dollar gas that they talked your 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 lily white people in Colorado into last fall. It could be. It's certainty not two eighty two thirty eight. They'd be giving it to you. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm 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 just I'm just saying. I yeah, to go back to the story. I I think I think there's lots of little twists and turns here, 
but it would not surprise me if the Russians were smart enough and nuanced enough to go in and blow the pipeline themselves just to create havoc in, in, in Europe and, and, then, and then say, this will be easy. We can pin it on the United States because everybody will believe they did it. I got a tweet from somebody yesterday saying that the entire balloon story, all it did was get the uh, classified documents off the, off, off the TV for a week. Um, well, no, I, I think I, I, the, the balloon story is, is incomprehensible to me, except in, in terms of the incompetence of the administration people at responding. The, okay, they, they weren't going to talk about it at all. It, it went all the way across Alaska. Why did we, if we're going to shoot the thing down, why did we shoot it down in Alaska? If we thought it was a spy, a spy balloon, and we did, we knew, it now turns out that the Chinese have been doing this all over the world. If we thought it was a spy balloon, why didn't we knock it down? It's a clear violation of our sovereignty. But they ignored it, and so did the Canadians, until some guy in Missoula, Montana, with a telephoto lens, took a picture of it. And then it, then it went national. And then you saw a bunch of our incompetent people, bureaucrats, running around with their hair on fire, trying to come up with some coherent story. And it was one misstatement or half-truth after another coming out, all the way up to, oh, well, this happened with Donald Trump. No, it didn't. They drifted over portions of our airspace, I think, once in Florida and once near Hawaii. But this, they didn't fly over the continent of the United States at that altitude. And, but the and, same and, people they kept, they kept they kept spinning this thing. With the and same so people, at the, end, at the end of the day, we shoot it down off the coast of of South Carolina, as I said on Monday, the most Myrtle Beach thing ever. And and but to to what end? What what was the what was the point? It what what I see is incoherence, and that that that's the real point of in my Louis, mind. Louis, uh, as that, you know, as you talk about one of my themes of the show is. Is and I, I go back to all my, all my criticism of people, and I don't try to criticize them personally. That's my biggest single criticism of Elizabeth Warren. She thinks everything can be regulated, and then she does nothing but bitch at the regulators. She must realize that the regulatory group is always one step behind of the people who are trying to regulate, especially the more power yeah. they get. But I mean, look at well, look, yeah, and, and look you're at not sense. getting you're not getting the smartest. No, but look uh, at since you, you and I have been doing. Well, not since we've been doing the show, but certainly we've talked about it. I'll go back to the the, the guy pounding the, the, the log through the, the old tunnel system in Chicago. And they knew they had a leak and didn't fix oh, it yeah. for like six months until the thing gave way. And, and, and caused how many billion dollars worth of damage in the city or everybody's basement air conditioning. Look at, look so, at what happened. So look that's, what happened. A perfect, that's a perfect metaphor for the Social Security and Medicare debate. Well, you well, know, we're, we're pounding that log... Congress continues to pound that log into the Medicare tunnel system, and it's starting to leak a little bit, and everybody knows it's going to go, but nobody's going to tell the guy to stop pounding the log. Well, but, I mean, look at, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of any of the presidents we've had for a while. I like Jerry Ford, but, uh, but I mean, George Bush, he didn't deserve uh, a bunch of guys learning how to fly a plane, not caring if they landed. It was obvious something was weird, and reports all over the place not getting to him. He didn't deserve that. I mean, I don't. I mean, there, there's stuff that happens on people's watches. I Jimmy Carter didn't deserve the idiots picking the wrong helicopter. The incompetence, the incompetence up and down the chain. I mean, I, one of the interesting uh, interviews that Obama had with uh, 
was it Leslie Stahl? And when she went to the White House, she was talking about what was it like to be president. And he said, well, he goes, one of the most disgusting things about it is something will land on your desk, and the first thing in your, in your, in your, in your, in your it flashes across your mind is, how did, how was this not taken care of months ago at another level? What's it doing here? Because somebody screwed it all up. He goes, well, that happens. Medicare, I, I, I agree. We're, we're seeing this on a national level with Medicare and Medicaid and uh, Social Security funding, and it's going to be really entertaining in the next, what is it, the next five years well, when Medicare runs out? Well, that, that's, but that's exactly my point, Lou. It's, it's not about, I mean, Med- Medicare is just a, uh, a, a symptom of the problem. That's like by saying, yeah. if, if, that's it's, by a saying manifestation. it's a manifestation of the mindset, yes. But no, well, my point is, in the last week, there's been like one or two major uh, combinations in the healthcare industry in this area. CVS is buying some big place that, that takes care of old people or something. I mean, you, you, the Medicare problem has to do, even though they actually get pretty good rates compared to other people, negotiate them pretty good. The, the, po- the point is, is the, the hospitals, hospitals stay, I'll lob one out there. Uh, I just did some research in Chicago. One night in a hospital, a good hospital now is like 11 grand. And I'm going to say in 2020 it was 500 bucks, maybe, maybe a thousand. I, you know, I would, so it's got to be up 10 times in 20 years. If if you don't if you don't stop that, I don't care where you get the money for Medicare, even though they they cut a better deal. It's it's insanity. And yet, and yet we cannot. Nobody. I mean, look look at what Biden. Whether you think he's a buffoon or not, look what he said in, in, in the State of the Union. I mean, everything there he said was true, in the sense that we need to have to we have to stop this this this, this concentration and the antitrust problems. Look, the dude's been there for fifty years. He's never. Yeah, the, the, antitrust, the antitrust problem is the government. Oh, well, sure it is. But there, but, but I don't see what would happen today. Let's let's pick one. What would happen? By the way, by the way, I was really gratified with with China's military uh, expenditures going through the roof. The Russians engaging in, a, in an offensive now in in Ukraine and killing people right and left. I was really glad to see. But the focus, one of the foci of the State of the Union address was resort fees. Give me a oh, break. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, you know what, Lou, they, 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 this, is, this is the America we have. I will bet you that somebody spent an awful lot of money trying to find out what people wanted to hear and, and what would be the, and, and they had essentially focus groups for the State of the Union. Clinton started that years I, ago. I, I'm sure they did, but I guarantee you that particular push is the result of one of the president's staffers going to some resort somewhere and having this thing happen to him and coming back and saying, we got to put a stop to this. Well, I have a client and a good friend who was just down in the Bahamas, and I think he said it was tacos for lunch was 60 bucks. <laughs> just don't get caught in the Bahamas. Anyway, uh, but I mean... The the off, we have a thing here. Well, like I said you know these guys these guys don't deserve this. I mean, because uh, the the bureaucracy. What would it take? We'll finish my thought here. This is what this is what you sign up for, and of course, I, I again, Donald Trump's great talent was in many ways exposing all this and exposing the the cronyism that goes on not just between constituents and their government, but that goes on among the federal bureaucracies. Well, that's and right. And cronyism and backslapping and buddy-buddy 
stuff that goes back and forth between FDA and DOD and uh, the Department of Labor. What do you think happens between Commonwealth Edison and the ICC here in Illinois and every other Duke Energy in the state they're in? How is it? How is it that we're going to maybe put Mike Madigan in jail, and, and Commonwealth Edison is going to go off unscathed? That is insanity to me. Uh, could 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 well be, uh, but you you know why that is? Well, because what is your state prosecutors won't won't chase that stuff. I have a, a okay. I have a, we'll what, we'll what, see, quick we'll question. See, we'll see what happens there. But but my 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 point the the point is the same kind of point we hit over and over again here, which is this cronyism system. Is, is not, I mean, I would tolerate it if we were getting good government we're not. or intelligent responses. We're not. But we're not. No. It's, but I, but what, what would it take in our in our current morass that is Washington, what would it take for something real simple to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> for, him, for him to come out of the State of the Union and say, I was appalled. I didn't know that much about the industry. It's my fault. I should have. I was appalled that... Why I found out that the fifty percent of the baby formula is is uh, paid for by the federal government and state governments, and oh by the way, there's only four companies in there, and we'll only give a contract to one per state. I guarantee you, in one month, that's going to be changed. We're going to try and make sure there's a few more people that make it, and there's no way we're going to give a monopoly power to one person in the state. We, you have to start someplace, Lou. Now, I'm not saying that's the biggest. Start, you could start by by enlisting the protectionist. But they're not uh, going to. Regulatory not, rules that would allow us to buy the stuff from Europe. Well, plus, plus the minute he said that, the Republicans would be for the four companies that are in there. Or, or if the Republican president said it, the Democrats. We can't, we can't, we can't even talk about it, it's time to go to the bathroom. Oh, no, you can't go. Without the other, I mean, we're, we're at some, hey, but I got to, we only have a, seven minutes. I, I got to ask you, we have, uh, as he talked about, the, you know, the poor guy that got killed by the, Policeman in Memphis. I mean, no, nobody wants that to happen. I mean, I, I what? What? So no, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me let me let me finish. I'm saying, but while the guy was talking, there probably were 25 people killed in this country, other places. I mean, in Chicago, in Chicago, we have this thing now. Police killed a guy last two nights ago, and he shows up at some bar, comes back with a gun, points it at the bouncer, blah blah blah. Bouncer calls the police, so the police uh, essentially chase the guy down an alley. I, I don't know what happened. But he chased the guy down the alley. They allegedly have a body cam of the guy pulling up the gun to shoot at the policeman. So they shot at him, and he's dead. Okay, so he had, of course, he had a clip that had twice as many shells you're supposed to have in the city of Chicago. You know, blah blah blah. And now all of a sudden, every mayor is opining about every mayoral candidate. Well, you know, you should have been able to talk the situation down. You should have been able to do this. Thing. You know, Lou, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get what's going on here. But I was uh, here, here's a here's a question for you. Didn't you just have with in Chicago where they had the 12-year-old carjacker that was killed, or was that here? Well, the 16-year-old kid just got killed the other night. Nobody cares about him, but it's this guy. Yeah, well, with, I mean, we're, you know, 12, we're a 12-year-old. I think, and I think well, this is a kid that actually was yeah, walking down 22nd in some place. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was carjacking. No, he was just walking along, and somebody got out of the car and shot him. No, 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 this is a different case. Yeah, well, there's a million cases. Oh, no, this is a 12-year-old kid carjacks a car with some of his buddies. Driver steals the car. Owner owner has a tracker in the car. Tracks it down. Shows up. He is not stupid. He goes. He goes. He comes heavy. He walks in. There's the kids. They start shooting at him. He he fires back. Kills a twelve year old driver. Who was the thief? So so uh, you know is that is that getting the kind of play that it that it, it ought to get? I mean what what do you 
What do you respond to? Uh, well, first of all, as a guy who just took concealed carry class, and by the way, never, never, never got my fingerprints done, so I'm not carrying. But anybody, anybody cares. Uh, the uh, first of all, you you can't do that. That's not your job. You're only you're only supposed to use it when you are under threat. Chasing somebody down, you're no longer under threat. You can't. Well, do once that. you retrieve your property, no, 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 you can't do that. Lou, you know that you can't do that. You cannot do that. Yes, you can. No, you can't. We you can't do it and shoot somebody and have it be within the law here. You can't, you can't walk up and say, "Give me my car back," and shoot somebody. You can certainly walk up and say, "Give me my car back." That's and then when they pull a gun on you, and that's how this. That's down. why, if you if you watch Gunsmoke, you you would go to Matt Dillon and say, "That guy's got my horse," and you could count on Matt Dillon to go get your friggin' horse back. Oh yeah, you know, how how long do you think it would take the police? I'm to saying right near here. Park. If you if you told them right now that what was happening, because I, I we have a story. PTI every 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 firm has a story like this. Years ago, somebody hacked into our system and, and essentially made believe that they were a client. They were on the client's computer where they broke in wherever they did or whatever. I don't know. So we tracked the computer. It was their computer, and anyway wired money out to somebody they said was a sister, and it turns out it wasn't a sister. I mean, long story, but this is like a decade ago. Uh, yeah. So that's, why, that's, why we, that's why we don't wire money out to people anymore. Um, but the, uh, nobody does. But So, I mean, without a lot of stuff happening. But it was, it was the guy, it was still happening a little after the money went to the wrong place. And I called probably five agencies and said, look, the dude is still trying to get us to sell a second wire. He's right here. Not one person had an interest in it. Not one person cared. Give the first person the money back. What do you expect us to do? That's not what we do. They could care less. So okay. yeah, but I'm saying what what you're talking about is not the solution. If somebody if somebody steals something, you know, I'm not saying it's the solution. I'm saying this is what happened, and it was a legally justified use of deadly force. Well, only because when he got there, they didn't give it back to him, and at at that moment, he was he was no. in fear fear of his it life. Was legally justified. Because I, when he asked for it back, they shot. Okay, him. but I'm saying, I, I that what I, what did I just say? I, I agreed with you that from what I learned, and I, for two days on this, if 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 that happened, okay, he he has the right to shoot back. But what got him there in the first place? It's not his job. That's the police's job. Well, this is. But he had a legal right to be there. I, this is the Kyle. This is the Kyle Rittenhouse. It's it's because if he called the police, they could care less. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, that's that's right. Uh, but, but anyway, but what's what? Well, everybody everybody opines about this shooting, saying you should have de-escalated. Okay. Well, they, they they opine on it, but what I'm saying is the we have all these other. What my, my I guess what I wanted to get to, we probably don't have time. What exactly are the rules of engagement? I was a uh, quick story. I mean, I had some back issues. Everything's fine now, but it was making all kinds of stuff weird. So somebody said, "Hey, you better go to the hospital. Make sure that you're not having a heart attack." Which, of course, I didn't think I was. So I get there and. And, if, and I wasn't. I was fine. But, but you have to wait forever in these emergency rooms. Everybody should do this one night, Lou, is go, go sit in an emergency room. I have. For about six, seven hours and see the creatures that come in there. Well, one guy comes in. It's this big black guy. Lou, he made two, two of me. The guy looked like he was an NBA player, for God's sake. He had big, wide shoulders. Must have been six, six. And, he, and he, he walks in and announces to everybody that he takes drugs every day. And, and uh, he, he doubled up today, so he wasn't feeling so good. But he knew the people in the place. So it was not his first. So he starts ranting and raving at the two girls behind the counter. And we're talking real serious stuff about 
he could do more with their, their, their female appendages than their boyfriend ever did. And we're talking in a loud voice. It was, it was real bad. And the girls kept saying, well, sir, we, please, we wouldn't lose that kind of language, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, there's like four security people there that are half the size of him. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I might take him against all four. And I'm thinking, they don't have a bully club. I don't, they don't want to taser him. This was not going to go down easy, but finally they just let him keep talking, keep talking, swearing and these, at these ladies, and and he finally got tired and sat down and went to sleep because he had so many drugs in him. But what 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 are the rules of engagement? If this if this would have happened, something would have got out of hand, and yet you can't let the guy just stand there and, and badmouth these two women either. This, this is the breakdown of civil order. So so the police would come in, they would they would this this would escalate. And, and ultimately, they would end up either nightsticking him or tasing him, and and or getting enough bodies on him until they forced him to comply. You know, put your hands behind your back, walk out of here. The biggest problem in these cases, and if you if you watch any of the videos where where guys get guys get shot, a lot of times they aren't situations where a shooting is necessary. You can see the police trying to do this, but invariably you know some these these people the guys getting shot are not rocket scientists okay these are not the cream of the, the intellectual crop they escalate i'm not going to do this yeah. i'm not going to get out of the car i'm not going to whatever and you force the police to escalate the violence because what they want is compliance and they're entitled to ask for it and if you if you if you don't comply they will escalate. They're trained to escalate the force, not to go to a gun immediately, but whatever. And as the force level escalates, if you have a gun with you, or if it looks like you're reaching for a gun, they, you know, you, you've already you've already indicated to them you're not going to do what they want you to do. Right. That immediately raises the suspicion that you've got something else going on. So, so they are on alert. And if you, if you make a move, if you're carrying a gun, if you show a gun, if it looks like you're reaching for one, they are going to go to deadly force immediately. Right. And I, uh, well, it's like, you know, I think the, the, there needs to be better ways to deal with it. But man, oh man, these, the two lady security guards were 5'1", and the two guys were like 5'4", and I'm thinking, I don't think the four of them can handle this guy in a regular wrestle down. Well, and, and so the and so the option there is, He's, he's going to fight these people. So, okay, I need a counter force. I need a beanbag round. I need a taser. I need something to take this guy down. But ultimately, if he doesn't stop doing what he's doing, you're going to have to force him to stop. Well, then at the end of the day, and somebody's going to say him swearing at the girls behind the counter was not enough to get somebody killed, which is which is well, true, but, you know. And that's right. But, but it, it, just like a traffic stop. Yeah. Is, is not enough to get somebody killed, and yet they do all the time. Well, I think part of that is is the is the uh, the police lack of oh, I use the term coordination. If it's two thirty in the morning, there should be another squad that pulls up next to you. I I, I agree. Yeah. But the short the short answer is, if you don't comply, and 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 that is that is a huge element in all of these traffic stop cases. If you don't, although that was not the case in this Memphis one, right. that's what I want to ask you about. about this well, yeah, we we're running over here, but I, I think the idea of, of one cop walking up to a guy in a car with, with his gun drawn and and saying hands on the wheel, and if he doesn't start to shoot, 
That that's fraught with peril. If, if three that, that that almost that almost never happens. If you watch yeah. the body camera stuff, it's it's put your hands on the wheel. No, come on, yeah. I need you out of the car. No, yeah. I'm not getting out of the car. And and then it goes from there. Well, that's when you if you have three squads and you anyway we'll we'll talk about this, Ludi. These problems. Not only are we not solving them, they're getting worse. Are we, are we part of them getting worse or what? Just talking about them? Just, or just saying. I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether these conversations would be possible in a, in a, you know, a mainstream kind of corporate press environment. Probably I, not. I'm thinking no. Anyway, take care of yourself. Are you guys uh, still got a, a lot of snow or do they all, all taper off? No, it's snowing like mad up in the mountains. It's finally melting out in Denver. We're supposed to get a, some more uh, on Wednesday. So you guys are what? Almost two hundred percent of snowpack, aren't you? Or one eighty? And no, it's about a little over a hundred, maybe hundred and twenty up in the mountains overall. Oh, I thought up by steamboat area, it's like two hundred or something. They got well, steamboat, steamboats. Steamboats had sixteen feet of snow since December. Wow. SP viewers up twenty seven. Nancy viewers up one twenty six. Be right back, Mister Dan Janitas. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 403 2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456 that's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com that's myhomesourcerealty.com stocks jocks stocks and jocks you are out of control right now right here right now right now Something 
Well, Mark Bay Stacks and Jacks, I'm Tom And we're on the board. SP Futures up 28, and as if he's up 129 on the heels of Disney's uh, big announcement that they're bleep canning people uh, and, and restructuring in other ways. Uh, Igor is uh, making a lot of moves since he got back there, and I think some people thought that he had to do something. Dan, how are you? Are you uh, you got some Disney stock? You're happy this morning? <laughs> I'm happy this morning, but I don't necessarily have any Disney stock. Um, but I can understand why they're doing better. The uh, um, I'm going to say the straddle. It's a, it's a you know the people who are real big Disney followers and really you know really like Disney are, are very loyal um, to that to that company. And and uh, I may have mentioned that I was there about a month and a half ago visiting some family and friends right before Christmas, and it was jam packed. Um, and you know it continues to you know despite some of the the change of management and all that i know that the parks and the you know and even their streaming and their cruises and all that have actually held up really well uh yeah i think they have been uh, they've done pretty well i mean it, it, we don't there's not a whole lot of places to go for, for people with kids and stuff i mean it's yeah i mean boy take them skiing that's thousand dollars a day i mean uh if you're renting equipment for four or five kids boy it's a good luck with that i mean it's it's gotten prohibitive. I mean, it really is the, uh, um, you know, sort of the haves and have-nots that get to travel these days, unfortunately. But I, I, somebody told me long before COVID that uh, what the ticket at Disney went to the 60 or 65, but then the, if you wanted the, the people that could sort of cut in line, that was 100. And if you wanted the people to go right to the front, it was like 150. There's like, there's like levels of passes where the schmoes wait in line and the rest of people don't or something. Yeah, it's you're right. You're you're um, paying for any slight bit of convenience, and um, I'm, I've actually literally is just just trying to get rental cars for for a trip, a family uh, a reunion in in Boston in June, and and you know the chip, the cheapest one I could find was seven hundred bucks anywhere in the Boston area. So there's um, yeah, that would have been half the price a few years ago. So that so there there there's absolutely still inflation. Inflation has been sticky. You know, you see it if you go to the grocery store. You see it if you go out to eat. You know, restaurant prices. I haven't seen restaurant prices come down. I haven't seen food prices come down, although they say nationally that some of that is happening. Certainly when you're dealing with the service industry, whether it be contractors, you know, people in the um, the home building industry, you know, they're still getting paid a lot, and there's still a high demand. So the I think the Fed is right on target and saying that the jobs data is still very strong. I, you know, rather than looking at where this came from, because a lot of it did come during the COVID period, we still have to look at sort of where we are right now, and we have a very strong um, jobs data, and, and that is really going to, I think, continue to um, put pressure on the Fed to continue to raise um, rates, and, you know, even though six weeks, the next Fed meeting is on March 21st, and even though six weeks is a long way away, you know, and we'll see what happens next week with the CPI number. I'm still confident that we'll see another 25 basis points. I, uh, I, I'm, I am so, uh, well, as you know, Dan, I think you, you think the same way as me a little bit. You're not, not as conspiratorial or whatever. I think these numbers are all disgusting. The idea that they found a million two more people last Friday or two <laughs> Friday ago, and, you know, I mean, it, and... And everybody's talking about this 517,000 jobs. They were there all year, obviously. I mean, I mean the, the adjustment was almost as big as the entire rise in the population for the entire year. Well, they doubled yes. it. I mean, are they, are, they, are they that incompetent? I mean, I, well, you know, Dan, when you talk about the inflation, I, 
um, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, unfortunately. Uh, it, it is so different than the last time we had inflation. And you know, I'm a, I'm a monetarist through and through from my education. Uh, things are not the same this time. And the, and the Fed is trying to do this, but the, the things that are, are ingrained, I mean, you're not, you're not doing the natural gas stuff as much down there. But up here, all these guys went and got all these raises from all these utilities, and every one of them, you see them coming across the tape, how well they're all doing. For God's sake, Dan, people's bills are two and three times last year, yeah. and natural gas is 244. I mean, what, what are we doing? And I, you talked about restaurants. I mean, I, as you know, I, I think you know, I love to cook. And uh, and because we went like a whole year downtown here, two years where we came into PTI, and none of the restaurants were open, and we were the only people in the building, you know, serving our customers. I mean, thank God we have a kitchen. You know, I cook right. breakfast every day. I tell you what, the price, some of the wholesale price of some of this stuff that people, you know, hang their head on, have, have dropped like a rock. I mean, the pork, pork prices in the last week or two, I mean, they're, they're, they're where they were three, four years ago, if, if not cheaper. I would, I'd, love, I'd hate to be a pork producer right now because I know what they're paying for the corn and everything to feed the pigs. And, uh, and I, I mean, you can, you can go to good places now and find center-cut pork chops for 2 bucks a pound. And I guarantee you at any restaurant that's worth its salt, you're paying 40 bucks for two pork chops. That's very true. In fact, it's, that's exactly what I had for dinner last night at home before it was pork because yeah. it was on sale or the price looked reasonable yeah. the other day at public. So, yeah, I think your observations are right, right on mark. And, and um, you know, especially the one with utilities as well. In fact, you know, seeing the inflation in utilities because that's been across the board, you know, and every, that it impacts everyone. Anyone who's a homeowner or, you know, a renter. The vast number of people that are impacted by that—it's—it's it's not just a very you know small specific group of people. So, so those are the things that I think continue to put some pressure on consumer confidence and and also on the Fed in terms of knowing that there has to be more done um, to tame inflation and that it isn't quite there yet. You know, we're not there, and I don't think we're heading for a recession. Um, what I really want to ask is somebody who is confident that we're heading for a recession, tell me how we're getting there. I mean, we've already had the recession. Um, we, we are having what I think is a healthy contraction and stabilization, which I've been saying pretty much every week since the first of the year. We're seeing low volatility. The VIX numbers are, are, are relatively low. They're staying relatively consistent this year. And the other thing that I'll point out that comes from my, my background Look at credit spreads. They are tightening to the, to the tightest levels we've seen in a while. High-yield bonds are now at plus 390, and that's basically 3.9% ahead of treasuries. The average is 480. Almost 100 basis points are almost 1% higher. And we were there just a few months ago. We were even in the 500, you know, 520 range. So the fact that credit spreads have come in tells us that all those smart people in the high-yield market don't expect defaults, don't expect a serious downturn, don't expect a serious recession. They would not be buying it up these bonds otherwise. So we have benefited, and hopefully the listeners have benefited, who participated in some of the recommendations we've made for some of the high-yield names. And there was one recently that I wanted to point out. It was SVC. 
the letters SVC, which is Service Corp, which is a REIT that was paying about five and a half, six and a half, no, between five and a half and six and a half percent. They mature in June, June 15th, 22, and they were just called. So they'll be called in, in uh, the, you know, in March 8th. So that's been a really good story with the really fat yield. And, um, you know, they're, when you first looked at them, I think when we first started talking about that name, they were like 8% and trading at a discount. And, and um, you know, I think there was that, with the concerns of the of the recession and the housing, you know, because it's a REIT, that with the uh, real estate market going down, there, I think a lot of people were skeptical. But he has a story that is, is um, telling, you know, is telling us that the economy is still strong and that these organizations still have money. And, um well, so Dan, you, you get you get to define a recession as you want. That's everybody's right now. Yes, because everybody, exactly. everybody gets to do that. So we're now we're all moral relativists, and now yes. we're, we're recession relativists. Exactly. <laughs> 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 I like <laughs> when I get when I get you to laugh. <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know, but I I'm going to say that every time we have a statistic like was it two weeks ago, where people came out and said the the price of something is up. 0.2 percent and wages are up 0.1 percent, and they're giddy about it. I'm going to say that every single person that's in that boat is in a recession, yeah. and it's been like that way. <laughs> it's been that way for 25 years, and at some point, you can't get any more blood out of this turnip. And I think you're squeezing the hell out of people. I mean, the reason why your issue with the rental car is the price of cars is 40 grand. And if, right. and if somebody decided, if, if Hertz or Avis said to Ford, I want to buy 500 cars, they're going to say, first of all, we're, we're not, we're not going to give you any base cars. We don't want any of those because we're, 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 all we're doing is making the high end. In, in the last 10 years, five years, Dan, we're seeing, not, not you, uh, and maybe not me, uh, we're, we're, we're seeing virtually 80% of the people we know, 70% of the people we know, are now never going to have a new car, ever. And, uh, and then that, if you know, if that's not, I won't call it a recession, but that's if that's not a change in expectation, a change in lifestyle for America, it sure as hell is. And I think I think Tom, going along with that point, that the same thing has basically happened in housing too, right? Yeah. Like where, where especially the younger age people who, you know, when when we were their age, we did buy homes. I mean, we were, you know, we were working and we, and we were buying homes, and not that they were. And in, in our minds, that they were that affordable, but but today in today's dollars, they're not affordable for the younger generation and for those, even for couples that I have in my family, these nephews, who are you know dual income professionals, you know they they struggle. So the you know houses being out of out of you know out of their range, um, affordable you know the affordability issue. I've gone back and been talking about the affordability issue for years, and that's. It has to reverse itself at some point, and that's what I hope this contraction, contractionary period is that we're in. I hope that is what is accomplished, rather than seeing people having to double up and move into you know you know have multiple people live, living in the same houses, which we've seen here, just to be able to afford it. Um, so that's one thing I, I do want to uh, mention. Um, there are some good ideas that I think, and there's some things to be looking at in this environment that that are attractive. And we have been talking about short-term treasuries. And with the recent hike, the 25 basis points that we just saw, you look at what I call off-the-run T-bills. 
We were buying some six-month-off-the-run T-bills at 491 yesterday. That rate is going to be going up to 5% very soon, and I have a lot of confidence that we're going to see 5, what do five th- handle on our short-term U.S. T-bill rates. What do you think the auction is going to be Monday? Because I think we're going there for some people. I think it's going to be strong just because there's a demand for yield. There's a demand for stability. There's a demand for... Um, you know, the, with the concerns of anybody who has a concern about a recession, is you can at least park a certain amount of their money in a safe investment. And T-bills are the risk-free rate. They're defined as the risk-free rate. So if you can get anywhere near 5%, you're, you're doing really well. And, and knowing that that can, can be higher in the next few months, very likely to be higher, um, I think there, you know, there's going to be a tremendous amount of demand. Well, if you had your money in cash for the last five years, you're never really going to catch up at 5%. But, Dan, I, got a, I have a question for you. And this is a actually a good question, and it's a way for both of us to give a shameless plug. Uh, for those that don't know, and I won't mention the place, but if you call me, I will. Or, uh, Dan and I both do some, I use the term subcontract work for uh, a much larger, uh, well, I don't know if it's larger than Dan's group, but a uh, group that has a, a lot of, manages money for people. And I do a lot of the protected programs. So if somebody wants a protected stuff, you know, I, I manage that. And if somebody wants fixed income, I have to say the group is very happy to be able to shove that over to Dan. And actually, Dan, in the last couple of days, from what I understand from the people who are talking to newer clients, uh, some of the older people now, uh, actually one or two this week, which you, I'm sure you'll be hearing about, uh, appear to want to be all fixed income. Now, I, I have no issue giving all the money to you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. was, but, but, I mean, is that what you'd recommend right now? I mean, I, I wouldn't really recommend everybody being all protected. I'd probably want a little outside that and maybe some fixed income. I'd, I'd still kind of want to blend. Would, if, if, if you were talking to the person, which, by the way, I think you probably will be, um, would, are you gonna, would you recommend all fixed income right now for anybody? I mean, there's always going to be somebody. I mean, if you're sick and you're 85, yeah. But uh, I mean, where, where are you on the on the mixed page of where people yes, should be? It's a really good, really good question, Tom. But, the, um, you know, as I, I am saying that I, I can see people, you know, um, the, the reason that, that the T-bill auction is going to be strong and the reason that we're, you know, that this demand for that makes sense because we've been, we've had this quest for yield for like the last decade and it's finally there. So I do think now is finally the opportunity to fix income investors like myself who are income-driven more than trying to make money off the yield curve movements. So you've got that income, and you can, with the homework on the on some of the, the bonds, the corporate bonds, and other types of bonds, by the way, too, you can enhance, you know, you can enhance that yield, and now you can push that yield um, target into the 6 to 10% range, which is not bad for an annualized return. Um, there are still some corporates that are uh, that are strong, despite the fact that the spreads have narrowed. There are still some preferred stocks. You know, we talked about a, a company called Spire, which is a natural gas um, company based in Missouri, but does a fair amount of their business in in Alabama. Uh, they have a preferred stock that we've talked about that's yielding six and a half percent. So, so to diversify a little from pure fixed income. There are still some preferreds that look attractive, but I would not totally step away from the equity market. I think you have to look selectively at equities and just to continue to, re- to, to enforce one name, one um, local name that I've talked about, Richardson Electronics, 
ticker symbol R-E-L-L. This is not a bond. This is a stock, this, and this is a small company, but they're in the right industries, and they have the right management team. And if you buy on dips, there's been a little fluctuation in their price recently, but if you buy on dips, this company is, is um, going to be a winner in the environment going forward. So I would continue to have part of your portfolio in names, but be really name-specific. And what's going to help investors decide where to put the money in the, on, on the equity side are the earnings reports that are coming out now because they're going to be reflective, I think, of what's happening in the future. So there, there's, um, that's one name we had talked about, Otterkill, which is a utility uh, based in Minnesota. They, they have, um, they, you know, they've moved into the clean energy area, but they've just sort of been at the right place at the right time. That stock price is in the low 60s. It's fluctuating, but I think it has room to move back into the 70s. Um, and a, a relatively conservative investment in a dividend um, stock. And I also think we should still have, you know, you should still have some exposure to silver and gold. Um, if you buy on the dips, you know, you can really make money in silver. There, there's been some movement, and I think they provide a nice diversifier in a portfolio of stocks and bonds. I think that they're, they're, you know, some of the commodities still have room to go. But, but yes, I would say that this is a time to, you know, fixed income is finally having its, its day. And it is a time to focus on getting that, you know, adding that stability and that um, yield to your portfolios. And what, uh, what do you make of the, I mean, obviously we've had this massive bounce up and actually talked to a client yesterday. It was interesting conversation about, why we didn't buy the low in Tesla and double his money in the last two weeks? I'm like, okay, yeah. it's <laughs> since you since you've been here, Tesla's like half price from where it was. Oh no, I don't want you to buy it there. I want you to buy it on the bottom. Uh, okay then. Uh, I, I guess if I had that skill, I sure as hell wouldn't be talking to you. But that, that, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I would I would agree with you on that though. <laughs> and, and, and so anyway, uh, we've had this massive run up, and even though we're shooting down balloons. We can't wait to get back in Alibaba. Yeah. And uh, Carl came fun. out. Carl came out when he's somewhat of a not somewhat. He's a monetarist guy too. And he was saying on Friday that whatever the Fed thinks they're doing, it's 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 all BS. Even if you look at what's the money supply coming down a little bit and the balance sheet shrinking a little bit, he goes it's it's equivalent to somebody taking a pile of opium and or a, of a coke and piling it on the table where nobody could possibly snort that much. And all of a sudden, you start taking back a thimble full a day. It's, it's not doing whatever they're doing isn't isn't doing any good on the inflation side, and it's not doing any good on the on valuation side. And all they're doing now is telling people that, that you know that the minute we get a good inflation number, we can put money back in the system again, which is what people are, are hearing from the guy. That's what I'm hearing. That all of a sudden, that it's that it's total BS what they're doing, and the numbers are just you can't even look at them. And is that I don't know. I mean. It, it's going to take a while to see um, the impact of what they're doing, but I don't disagree with you that there's, I think there's too much attention being focused on that. The, the one thing I will say, though, that <clears throat> that has happened, and I think it's <clears throat> brought a little bit of um, confidence back into the market and certainly investor confidence, is just that the moves that the Fed has made um, over the last year have been consistent with the consensus. So I think what, what has happened is investors, you know, from a few years ago when the Fed was making moves that, that we didn't believe were, were the right ones at the right time, now they're at least 
doing what they say and what the what the consensus is viewing that they that, that they're doing. Whether it's right or wrong is a different story, and we really won't know until we have some time to let this play itself out. What I'm hearing, and I think what we all are hearing on these recent earnings reports, is that it's a mixed message. Some companies, most companies, have not seen major detrimental um, impacts from these rate hikes. Um, but what I really want to see, like I said earlier, is I want somebody who's talking about this major slowdown to show me how we get there. I, if the Fed oversteps, if they step too much, too quickly, that could certainly be an issue. But I think they're, you know, the trend is going to be down going forward. Um, and you're right, the numbers get really confusing because you can look at any data and you can make it look a certain way to sort of support what your what your recommendation or your, your proposed outlook is. Um, the Fed claims that they're not, you know, they're just looking at inflation and they're not looking at the stock market. But it's hard for me to believe that they aren't considering the impact on, on well, the Dan, they've, they've had this, you could have somebody shrieking on TV like you hear every day, the Fed, 75 basis points, up and up and so rapidly. Okay, that's that's... That's a point, okay, I can't dispute that. You don't even get moderately restrictive until you're four and a half, five percent. They they just got there. Exactly, we're just getting there now. Going from, you know, point two five to one, I guess it's a change, but it's like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I'm in the middle of the lake, move me a hundred yards towards shore, what's the difference? Right, you know, still out in the middle, right? you're still out in the middle. I mean, I mean, for for the entire time they were allegedly fighting inflation, they were actually expansionary until yes. last month, basically. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and uh, yeah, absolutely. There's there's um, there's a, a ways to go, I think, to really get to the restrictive side. And and I'm, my feeling is exactly like yours that we're just kind of now start. We're just starting to enter that period that maybe the message was that we were entering this a year ago and, and we're not we're just starting to come to that now so when we we have to keep our eyes out for for the impact on things like inflation on things like earnings um consumer and investor sentiment i think are going to be really important going forward but hopefully they're not going to do anything that's too surprising in other words hopefully we know continue to know prior to the meetings what the what the consensus is, and that they stick to the consensus. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see them doing it because if these guys put another spending bill out there, they're going to finance it. Which yeah, that, that's not um, not how we're going to get where we need. No, well, Dan, we'll be talking <laughs> to you because we uh, looks like we have some people we need to talk to. And uh, yes. anyway, okay. have a good weekend, bud. Who, who do you like in the game? Uh, my next door neighbors are from Kansas, and and. <laughs> I don't really have any allegiance, um, you know, based on where I'm from, where I've lived. But I would probably have to say Kansas City. Yeah. You like them? Huh? I, I, I think the Eagles have as strong a roster up and down wow. as I've seen in long, long time. Almost like the Bears in '85, for God's sake. But this probably I probably would put my money on them. But but I just just for um, well, this Mahomes is an X factor. I would probably be a little more loyal to to KC. Well, this Mahomes is a little bit of an X factor. I mean, he can yep. do he can do one play that nobody else can do it. It might you know. Question is, is he still hurt? Uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, Dan, take care of yourself. Talk at you next week. That's your views up thirty three. Nasdaq views up one fifty six. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. 
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, North Bank Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamara Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 33. NASDAQ Futures up 154. We're trying to get back what we lost yesterday, and so far getting back a lot of it. Uh, of course, yesterday we lost what we made the day before, so we're up, down, up, down uh, this week. Kind of a very volatile market, but kind of in the same range here for the last few days. Uh, DAX up 182, that's 1.2%. FTSE up 58.7%. Kind of not the life of the party. CAC around up 88, 1.2%. So FTSE lagging a tad over there. Over in Asia, Nikkei was down 22. I'll call that flat. Uh, Hang Seng up 340, making back almost what they lost the last two days. That's up 160. Uh, Shanghai up 38, 1.2. Those two, those as well. Uh, China was down last couple days, and they bounced way back. Now, yesterday we were down 207 in the, in the Dow Jones. We were down 46 in the S&P, and down 203 in the Nasdaq. So we're not back. Uh, we're back maybe three quarters of that today so far. We might, who knows? It might go higher. Uh, bonds. 
down six basis points, 3.58. Uh, Bund down 10, which is a big move, 2.5, 2.26. Uh, Japan, right at the top level here, is 0. 0.50, uh, where they've been stuck now for a few days. I forgot to ask Dan uh, what he thought, J the Bank of Japan, I'll do that next week. Uh, Japan was going to let it go higher than that. Oil down 70 cents, 77.77, a lot of sevens. Uh, Brent down 64 cents, 84.45. Natural gas up a penny to 241. Arbob down three cents, uh, two forty-two. We got gold now only up a dollar forty. It was up more than that earlier. Eighteen eighty-two, trying to get back over nineteen hundred. Kind of struggling there though. Uh, silver down five cents, twenty-two thirty-six. Copper up four cents, four oh eight. We got Bitcoin down one hundred and ten, twenty-two thousand seven fifty-three. And we have the U.S. dollar uh, actually uh, down today a little bit. The, the pound's trying to make it back up to this one oh eight where it had been for a while, and uh, the. The uh, I'm sorry, the, the pounds at 121. I always get that wrong. That's 0.8 percent, and the euro down, and the euro is uh, up 62 to 1.077. So trying to get back to the 108 where we had been for a few weeks. Uh, so dollar is is down today so far. Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. All right, it is uh, 7:36 here in Chicago on February uh, February 9th. Uh, starting off with sports, pretty simple today. Tomorrow the Bulls are going to be playing the Nets, and the Suns are going to be playing the Hawks both at 6.30 p.m. Over to Chicago weather, it is certainly rainy, currently at 38 degrees, going to have a high of 43 today. And over in Phoenix, they're at 41 right now, but they have clear skies and going to be going up to about 69 degrees. Finally, for Chicago traffic, only one major accident to report, the same as earlier, uh, an accident on the left center lane on Kimball Avenue uh, on the inbound Kennedy Expressway. Is causing some delays, but when it comes to general traffic, I don't think I've ever seen more red on a Thursday. Uh, we had standing water on some of the roads when we were coming in. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's, if, you're, if you're coming from the north side, from the Kennedy and above, it is the deepest, darkest red I've ever seen yeah. on our traffic map. <laughs> so, be warned. That's all I got. Back well, the to uh, tomorrow we should have uh, Mr. Weber here on a day he had a baby duty all week, so we had to switch some days, but. He could take us through all these crazy trades in the uh, NBA, but New Jersey Nets. What if you had tickets there, and you had uh, you had Kevin Durant and you had uh, Kyrie Irving, and now you got neither one of them? So the, I don't I don't know if they're going to win another game. We'll get all that from Mr. Weber and see if the Bulls do anything today. The trade deadline is two o'clock. Do we have Mr. Flanagan? Yes, we do, Tom. Good morning. Good morning. I got a question here from you. Here's a guy on this Core Digest. The guy says, if you could be any NFL quarterback, past or present, who would you choose if you could be him? <laughs> well, I guess maybe Joe Theismann. That way I could spend half of my years at Notre Dame and have a chance to know all you guys, too. <laughs> well, the uh, I thought you were going to pick, like, Joe Namath or something, which supposedly, <laughs> nah. supposedly bedded 300 girls at Alabama or something. No, I realize my limits stuff. <laughs> this guy says, I would choose Dandy Don Meredith. The man could party, hung around with Willie Nelson, Leanne Russell, and once flew back from a game accompanied by a young lady wearing only an overcoat and boots. The man could party and live to laugh about it on Monday Night Football at Howard Cosell. He also walked away from both football and broadcasting when he wanted to on his own terms and had a great life. There you go. Wouldn't we all like that kind of freedom? Yeah, yeah no kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I, I thought Danny Don, he was on Andrew just way before your time. They're, they're doing this Monday Night Football game, and... Uh, it was some crummy game, right? And uh, so the one team's just getting annihilated. It was a lot to a little. So they they, they pan the camera out to this section, you know, the, the Bob Euchre seats, and there's one guy sitting there, and he's he's your basic after Vietnam sort of guy with the, with the knit cap, the beard, 
and the, remember the, the green nobody has the green uh, army coat anymore they're all like camouflage yeah. and the guy's sitting there how he knew he had the camera on him I have no idea all of a sudden he just flips the bird up at the camera and Dandy Don goes <laughs> Howard I think he thinks his team is number one <laughs> I thought that was that was the greatest ad lib I think I ever heard. Howard, I think he thinks his team is number one. Is <laughs> the guy's flipping him off? <laughs> anyway, little levity's always good. Yeah. So, John, what do you so what do you make of? Uh, we're talking about with Lou and the other stuff. I, I am, uh, it, oh, by the way, Mike Mike writes in. He's right. It's the Brooklyn Nets, not the New Jersey Nets or whatever the hell they were. Uh, <laughs> What, what, anyway, because they're, they're in Brooklyn with that new stadium, which I actually love to tour one of these days. It's supposed to be really nice. But the Russian guy doesn't own it anymore, does he, Chad? Uh, I don't he, think he does. No. I don't think he does either. Uh, so what do you make of uh, what you know, kind of what what we were talking about with the, the State of the Union speech and the, the things that the president pointed out that I think most people uh, would agree with. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff with the concentrations and the pricing. I mean, I think I didn't have a chance to mention it with uh, Dan Janitas, is that I, uh, I certainly I'm not going to point myself out as uh, as the the person who would as we have an inflation era, you know which companies to buy. People know I'm more of an index guy, and I, I don't really. I mean, I'm not the beta, the best at picking individual stocks, so I don't. I, I have people in indexes, and if and if you know we have uh, indexes that are pieces of the market. Sometimes we like the already at. Hospitality. Sometimes we like the hospital indexes. Sometimes we like the oil indexes. So we'll we'll do that. But I think it's. I said you know four years ago, uh, ten years ago, if you have an area of inflation, some places are able to raise prices more than their costs, and they benefit from inflation, and other people can't. It's never. It's never even. That's why the Fed should never allow it to happen, and they did. And so, as you looked at you know, Pepsi, had good earnings because guess what? They raised prices. Somebody else, maybe not so much. They're not doing so good. And all you do, every, every time you should look at these places and say, well, do these people really have all that pricing power? It's the same way that what's happened in my industry. I mean, you don't have, you used to have 1,000 people made markets on, on options and, and futures, maybe 2,000 people. Now you got 10 or 5 or whatever it is. You know what? Some way, someday, John, you got to say, Chief, forty billion dollars somebody made last year. This doesn't sound right. It's just, it's it's not it's not anti-American. It's not anti-profit. It's just that seems like a lot, doesn't it? You know, I, you know, I mean, how do you? I don't, I don't want to go against all the Republicans and, and be a, an anti-profit guy. You know, you know damn well I'm no socialist. Profit is good. Profit is what makes people uh, be be, be uh, energetic and, and, and think of things. But I also know when it's too much. Right, because all your all your economic studies are in any industry. That's why you always want to be first, because you get to make more than the other guy for a while. To other people catch up, but now with the assistance of government, nobody ever gets to catch up. You just to make money for the rest of your life, charging people too much. I think you know this is why I tend not to listen all that carefully or, or regularly to the State of the Union messages. It doesn't matter which party is in power, you know whose candidate is up there saying what. Because they, they really are designed kind of, and it's become more and more clear this this is you know, why they're the kind of useless speeches they are. It's about making someone appear to be presidential by having listened to a bunch of you know conflicting viewpoints and always comes out saying the least controversial thing about them. And you know 
you never would really expect to hear, nor have we heard too many State of the Union messages that really explained what's going to get fixed here and what is broken beyond repair and what future generations may have to deal with, but but never, t- you know, taking either side to task for their, you know, complicity in making things the way they are. Uh, the thing, you know, and I didn't watch the speech the other night, and I, you know, I just sort of catch up on what people do when, later on when they dissect it, but I, I passed around an email this morning about an article by Roger Simon in the Epic Times, and he's a you know, former Hollywood guy, and he's always got kind of a Hollywood insider's take on stuff, but he raises the issue that, that the likely writer of this speech is you know, the former communications guy from the NBA, and so it's not surprising that the speech he wrote would be as light as it is on taking the Chinese Communist Party to task for anything, um, which was, a, I thought, a glaring, you know, defect in the speech, given what had been going on in the days leading up to it, and the, the fact that we heard rumors the speech was being completely rethought, you know, to take into account everybody's being upset about this balloon fiasco. And what ended up being delivered was anything but something that seems to need much in the way of revision at all. It's the way the Biden administration and other administrations, both Democratic and Republican, have taken the lightest possible approach to the Chinese and don't criticize you know, any more than you know, a minute of time allows them to do. So I, I don't think we're ever going to get anything very interesting or useful out of such speeches. Another issue, too, is uh, you know, these explosions by the audience, you know, where you get people yelling out. Um, maybe this confirms people's worst feelings about some of these people, but on the other hand, they get so little treatment or credible treatment or you know, honest treatment by the media that all they can do is kind of blurt stuff out, you know, secure the border or <laughs> yell out liar or something else, because that's as close as the public will ever get to hearing these people speak for themselves. The media, media generally has decided we're not going to let Marjorie Taylor Greene speak at all, but we'll let you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez say anything she wants to. Well, she looks better. She the looks people better. know this is, is being censored in a way, too, so it turns these into carnivals that this maybe isn't the right form to do this, but it's turned out to be the only form, and I, I have to kind of applaud the people who have the nerve to yell something out like that. Well, I mean, if you have... You still have C-SPAN somewhere. I haven't watched it in a bazillion years, but did any of these people ever give a coherent speech? Or does uh, Marjorie Taylor talk about if only the the greatest MAGA president ever, sort of like Coach Ditka, this would never have happened? Well, believe well, it happened when he was there. If she had delivered such a speech, we'd never know about it. Well, if, if she's on... But I'm saying if, if she was on, that's how Newt Gingrich got popular. He gave... You can you can walk up and give a speech in Congress any time you want and be on C-SPAN, right? Yeah, but who watches C-SPAN? Okay, but uh, uh, what no, I'm saying is... That's, 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 the, that's by design, too. But that's so the whole, that's that's the whole point. See, the reason they don't want really people to see it is because whenever you see somebody speaking, there's nobody listening to them in the house. But, how, but just since you started on this Chinese issue, let's take it apart a little bit. Where exactly do do we, as we say on the trading floor, who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket? Uh, the Where exactly do we stand on this Chinese issue. I mean, I think in some ways the Biden administration, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm equally as, uh, don't like either one of the last two presidents, uh, I think he's actually been a little harder on China than Trump was. Now, but well, I don't think at all, Tim. Well, some of them with Bannon, some of the firms and things like that, 
Uh, all Trump did was talk. Trump, Trump went over and talked to the guy, you know, and made him an equal for God's sake. But but that's that's not a part. But but I think if if you and I were arguing about this in the Oval Office, if we were the pro counsels, uh, I think this this China situation is one of the most difficult situations to deal with from somebody in office that I've ever seen. Maybe, and if and if Hitler would have hung in there another five years before he invaded Poland, we might have had the same issue there. Because we had people here saying, hey, the, guy, the guy's uniting Europe and he's one customer. This is great. No, Nobody cares. But, but I'm saying at the same time, we have all kinds of people pounding the table on he should resign, Harris should resign because we didn't blast this thing the smithereens earlier. The same day we've got, what's the big guys at Disney? Whoever does The Simpsons is banning a Simpson episode forever because it talks about Tiananmen Square or, or uh, uh, slave labor. I mean, and there, there, there's no thought whatsoever of, of telling somebody that coming out and saying, Bay, you shouldn't be buying Nike shoes, or what are you doing buying an Apple Watch? I mean, we're not even, we're not even close to that, John. I mean, and I, well, on the contrary, Tom, we've got people like, you know, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, admitting that he intervened between, you know, a Chinese head of state and the American president and made himself the point person and told the Chinese, in effect, contact me. If you got it right, well, well, I mean, what what kind of treason do we need before we start prosecuting? Well, I mean, uh, the, the, we talked to guys, the guy, the, the, the balloons that, that flew across before. The more I'm reading about that, it didn't even get to the top of the Pentagon. Somebody torpedoed along the way. I mean, well, it, it, this shows me really how the depth of this kind of of ambiguous loyalty—that's about the, the nicest gloss I can put on it—has reached in the, the political and. Certainly in the in the media, but also in the military sphere too. Well, I don't know which side some of these people are playing for. Clearly, both sides, you know, depending on what day of the week it is. But I don't think we can trust that there be a chain of command that, that treats urgent matters with appropriate urgency and overlooks things that the average person would think are pretty urgent, and yet never even raise a blip. All right, John. So there's people who feel like you, and one of the issues with people have strong opinions, not you personally, as you think other people might actually think like you, which they... Right now, I'm going to say that you, you're not you're not in my business, um, thank God, uh, but, I mean, you have this issue with China, and you obviously think that we need, that they they are a threat, which I think they are, and by the way, I'm with you on all this stuff, not supposed to agree on radio, uh, they are a threat, and we need to be, be very concerned of what we do there, and yet Alibaba... Is, is jumped 35% in the last, since uh, October. And, you know, I actually had a client saying, why didn't you buy Alibaba for me? Which I bristled at, as you could probably imagine. Uh, nope. The, the idea that this, that you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have uh, a bunch of uh, young kids, whatever color they happen to be, waiting in line at the Nike store, if you got up with a, with a, with a bullhorn and said, by the way, these things are made with in, in an area where there is some slave labor, I'm not going to accuse Ch- Nike of actually having them in their plant or whatever because I don't know. Nobody step out of line, John. If there's a dollar to be made there, you're not you're not going to stop Microsoft. You're going to hope it's a period of time to go they move their factories to Vietnam or Mexico or Thailand or someplace. And you're seeing some of that happening, but in reality, we're not going to do anything for people who. The only thing we're going to do is we're going to we're going to spank Huawei. Because one of my uh, clients told me they, that Huawei somehow got a whole bunch of uh, patents on, on 5G 
and we're trying to get the patents out of them or something. I mean, it's, th- this is so intertwined with the people there, Jen. It's it's not about American people getting pissed off at the Chinese and, and wanting to do something because they floated a satellite. Nobody cares about that satellite. You think, you think Microsoft or do you think Apple or do you think Nike gives a crap about that satellite? No, but the average person sees this. As what? It's, it's it's what's the average person? violation. I mean, if we know it's an espionage-oriented craft and we tolerate it scoping, scanning whatever it wants to, and then bring it down after it's gotten its information? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you don't do that for a foreign country spying on potential military installations, would you ever shoot something down that violated your airspace? Well, I know. Whether it was an innocent aircraft off course or, you know, like Payne Stewart dead at the helm? Well, I don't know. I mean, the average person thinks if you don't do this, I guess you'd let any old damn thing in. When you, when you talk about the average person, you know, and I, this, is, this is a good argument, actually, because I had part of it with my significant other on... She was she was miffed because I was watching uh, Margaret Brennan face the nation. You know, if it's not Fox News or something else, you're not supposed to watch it. Which in a and and they're talking about uh, TikTok and how uh, you know some of the you know Governor Abbott and uh, the the other the right wing guy in Florida are going to ban it on on uh, you know the big bluster about banning it on Texas phones that they give people. Now, how many people in in Texas are far enough up the chain, the bureaucratic chain, to have a they have a phone that they pay for for you. I mean, you know, come on. But it was, so everybody makes this big, you know, this big, they're like the big bazoo, as my mother used to say. Say all this crap that means nothing. The fact is, there's 200 million people in this country that are, that are, that are on TikTok. Do you think anybody cares about the satellite, John? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this personally, saying you're nuts. But, I mean, really? I mean, what if, we, if, if the president would have said on, on, on Monday night or Tuesday night, you know, one thing we could all do is... is, is Delete your TikTok. How many people the next day would have deleted it? Him? Well, I I don't know exactly how many people would be all up in arms about it. I can't give you numbers, but I can guarantee that all those people are hearing from the powers that be that they shouldn't be worried about it. So what are you talking about? That makes me think there's something to worry about. What do you mean? They've, 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 every, both administrations in the last two years have done nothing but try and ban this company. But there's 200 million people who are going to bitch at them. Yeah, well, who's, where, where is that going to happen when somebody just pulls a plug? Well, Trump didn't do Trump, it. In this case. Trump called for it. I'm saying, but other people have okay, called that, for it. That's my whole I, point. But I, wouldn't I, it be worth trying? Do you think the thing is n- nobody's going to try to do it because they don't want the blowback that they will take for well, it? Because there'll be a lot of angry people who just saw Trump, their leisure time go up and Trump called maybe too effing bad. Well, Trump, so, but nobody will try it because they don't want. All right, what well, my point is, watch. Trump. I'm not saying it shouldn't be done. It should be done immediately. All right, Trump. But we got a lot of frightened people who are more worried about losing face because of that than they are the potential loss of, you know, integrity to any of our data, which is already, you know, so compromised we can't even keep track Well, I'm saying what you, what you just said was... a bunch of cowards is all it, it comes down to. But what, what you said was, and I, you know, I was on a board so long ago, John, and I, I would say that it's, it's, it's all, this is, this, is, this is how people are. You can call for something in a, in, a, in a State of the Union speech. You can call. You can talk about concentration industries and, com- and, and, and commodity. Pr- I mean, they always use the oil companies, by the way. They're nowhere near the most concentrated industry, but they're somewhat concentrated. So I get where he's coming from. You, Trump, Trump called for everything every day. He didn't do anything. I mean, I'm saying when I was on, when I was on a board, you could say something at a board meeting and call for something, but if you don't get enough votes to get it your way. You're a fart. You're a fart in the wind, Jen. 
I mean, um, the reason that Trump was treated the way he was was because of what he was saying. I'm not saying that saying stuff about it was enough. I'm just saying that they want people who say those things go on from the stage. Well, and, and, and t- do you, no, do you think, in, and we're now Thursday, what has the Biden administration done in the last 48 hours since the speech to, to work to regarding uh, antitrust and things like that? I'm going to say nothing. 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 No, but, will they? No, will they? So, but I'm saying this, this is all. This is all. And this is why this State of the Union address, to me, Tom, is a way of, you know, distracting you over here while we take the money out of your pocket from the other direction. So, but, but we no honesty in it. There's no commitment to do anything other than just continue to lie to people about your motives. And given how few people watch the State of the Union address, I guess people have already decided this is not where I'm going to get my info right. from. It. We've got you know, 20, 30, 29% drop in viewership since last year. That's a lot. Well, yeah. Well, I mean... But, but, th- but maybe people are, are voting with their you know, knobs on the clicker to tell whoever's listening, we don't buy this P- People, but Jan, don't, P- don't sell it to us anymore. We're not buying it. Regarding, regarding China, this is... This is a, this, the spat we're having here, like a couple of lovers, the spat we're having is I think people have absolutely made their decision on China. If it's cheaper from there, I don't care. If it's a slave, whoever it is, if I can buy my blue jeans five, five hours cheaper, I want them. Stay, get out of the way. That's well, what and the flip side, Tom, is that we're being told every day that Putin is our enemy, Russia is our enemy, we've got to fight them, we've got to you know, do whatever it, it takes to humiliate them militarily, and all we're doing is making the Chinese stronger. Well, so it, yeah. It, 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 it isn't like, you know, this is not by design, of course. It is clearly by design. But if you would have looked in 1937, 38, when Roosevelt, you know, and uh, if you read A Man Called Intrepid, it was, there was a question like, there was a, there was a chapter on impeachable offenses where he, he knew that this was not going to end up in Europe. It was going to end up with us between between Japanese and the, the Germans. The chances of us staying out of this were like you know a snowball's chance in hell, basically. So he did everything he possibly could to sneak in, in uh, you know, under the guise of uh, of selling arms to the people who were fighting. Got our got our industries on a war footing long before 1941, which most people don't realize, but we did. We were not on a war footing, but at least we were we were making tanks for Britain. We, it wasn't like we were totally out of this. And we already had hired George Marshall to basically kick everybody out of the general ranks that was over the age of 65 or 70 and were useless. We already had done, we had three years' work at least before the war that if people would have known what Roosevelt was actually doing, they might have been impeachable offenses. And, and to this day, people are convinced we were flat-ass unprepared on December 7th and on the eighth, being Americans, we all jumped to the, we jumped up, saluted, and, and made this all happen. John, it's all BS. We were ar- we were already moving that direction in terms of leadership, in terms of of war planning, in terms of everything. And if we didn't, we'd still be fighting for God's sake. I mean, we were also playing both sides of the fence as much as we could, Tom, because it was really fashionable up until Pearl Harbor to be careful in what you said about Mussolini, oh, yeah. Hitler. And also, you know, things like Lend-Lease, where we looked like we were going out on a limb for the British, that was, you know, a very strategic thing, where, but we kept, you know, at least the nominal label that we were still neutral. But even after we declared war, there were, you know, people trading with the enemy, I.C. Oh, yeah. Farben, Prescott Bush, George H.W. Yeah. Bush's father. None of these people seemed to care. That Joe Kennedy. Were at war. They continued yeah. to make money, well, as, as they do always. What I'm war. saying, when you, you talk about America, 
and the, the America you're talking about, by the way, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm just pointing out the other side. Yeah, is, is the average guy slamming his, his beer down in, in a bar in the southwest suburbs pissed off we didn't, we didn't, we didn't uh, shoot this thing down? The answer is probably yes, because he's been led that way, and maybe not led that way. I, I, I'd like to see the thing not here to myself. It's not, it's not like I want the thing falling on my head either. So, but the point being is the same guy, if he picks up the Duluth Trading, which I do some stuff at that place, five years ago, John, they used to have blue jeans in there made in America that were like 20 bucks more. They're not even in the catalog anymore. No, I mean, because if, if it's made in China, it's ten bucks. What do you think IKEA for God's sake? Go there. Everything in the place is made from China, except maybe Vietnam. I mean, I think, you know, if the U.S. really cared about the person out having a drink in a bar and what the message it sends by not shooting this thing down, I don't think they really care what that person thinks. It's clear that they, they certainly care what China thinks. But if that's it, probably you know the more worrisome thing. I tell you what, if if a hundred million people drop TikTok tomorrow and didn't buy a pair of Chinese blue jeans for six months. That would give them way more of a message than shooting this thing down. Just I saying. agree. Uh, and until people do that in some kind of concerted numbers to make it register, but but you know people are struggling to get by. They're lucky they I get they it. feel they can even afford any clothes. I get it. Or any, I, I, I get know, it. Internet accounts or whatever, and the way they entertain themselves, they've been driven into this by the bankruptcy of everything else around them. I, I feel for people who don't I have do too. any other options. I'm not saying that you know. They're stupid. No, but I, we've done everything possible to beat them up and hold them to a high standard while making it impossible to reach that. You know what you've just done? You've just expressed the theme of the show. Everything depends on everything else. Yep. Right? It does. That's a frightening thought. Well, it does. I mean, there is no such thing as this topic doesn't, doesn't attach to the other one. Uh-huh. It does. At some point it will, right? <laughs> Am I ever going to see you? Oh, sure, Tom. How about today? What, what have dinner outside? Uh... Well, as long as there's a little awning there, you know. I just got soaked getting my newspaper. <laughs> we could have used you last night. Had a couple of judges, a couple of attorneys there. We could have used another attorney. Actually, I was telling them about you. It's a really good guy that never shows up. <laughs> I'm nesting, Tom. <laughs> my old age. God. Have a good one, bud. SP Futures up 34. Nasdaq Futures up 167. We'll see if we keep going and erase all yesterday's losses, or are we going to come back the other way? We'll let you know tomorrow morning. That's it. I'm done. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.